I'm a little quiet here at the moment. I'm going to uh, do something I haven't done in a while, which is start this without an intro, intro song, nothing special or magical or trying to get hits or clicks or tweets or whatever you want to call it. None of that matters. None of it doesn't. You know, Paula Nelson, if you've ever followed her on her radio show, <clears throat> followed her on her uh, Twitter or Facebook or her YouTube, you know the Nelson family is very much involved in charitable, very much involved in being just real down-to-earth, basic people. And she posted a video that made it real clear about uh, what matters in life, about all these things, and to stay at home and to do things your own way, and that's what I'm doing with this podcast. So I'm going to get bombarded here with updates. I haven't had this thing turned on in a while. I haven't made a show, and I'm thinking about this this pandemic we're going through. Um, of course. I'm so professional, I'm going to tell you what. I'm, I'm doing this on a Kindle, and I don't know if anybody's ever used one. <laughs> we're all going through this. Every single person that has had a radio show or a TV show. <coughs> Jimmy Fallon. We're dealing with our technology not being studio equipment at the moment, and it's kind of funny. You'll, you'll get all kinds of weird things. Uh, I, I know of a teacher that uh, in one of the schools that had, had an incident where the kid was on the computer in conference. Hey, mommy, how do you do this? The mother was like, you know, the bathtub, you know. It, it's pretty, um, when when you're trying to, to do this in uh, this, you know, stay-at-home order, we're under a national emergency, and it, it, it's very, I mean, incredibly serious. I was looking up today, and just since I made a video a week ago, we're looking at uh, a lot and it's not always updated daily, but we're up to, just in my county, 218 cases. And that, that's not a lot. <laughs> True, it's not a lot. But last week it was 20. And you've seen, if you watch sketches of this, this Kenora virus, it goes from being this little baby bug that's just barely registering the radar to rising up above heart disease, Alzheimer's, heart attack, you name it. Now it's number one. I mean, this thing's like, this baby's killing a lot of people. And I um, believe today we just broke 20,000 people that died in the United States. And these are people's mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and cousins and, you know, it could be it could be me tomorrow. I don't know. Paula Nelson posted it right. She went on without any makeup. She went on just by herself and she said, Hey, 
you know, this is serious, folks. Stay at home. Don't go out. You can be a carrier and not even know it. Uh, some people it's hitting really hard. Some people it's not even affecting at all. And now I'm not real close to knowing Paula personally. I <clears throat> I consider her a friend because I've gotten to know her and read into their music and uh, you know you get to know people and uh, I what I what I love about the Nelson family right now, you know, some of these people get famous and they get stuck on themselves. Or I was even asked the other week by someone, you know, oh, wow, you've all these books published. It doesn't doesn't mean anything to me. I'm no different than anybody else, and neither are they. And there's, you get that down-to-earth sense from the Nelson family that's all about service. It goes back to Willie serving in the military. It's all about service. It's all about what you can do. Yes, for the fans, but what can you do as a member of the human race? And those words that she said struck me because we've had we had a rough week for for music in general. I mean, my God, I feel like all I do anymore is go on Twitter, Facebook, and different things, and go, "Hey, I'm keeping this person in my prayers," and I keep a, a notebook here with me, and I have it here with my fountain pen. And uh, right here beside me, I keep the names of all these people that are on this prayer list. And um, my God, it's a, it's a list. I'm sitting here at night, and it takes me minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes to go through this. Just processing. Just the people I'm reading about. And on that list, you know, was... John Prine, one of these these people that oh, I wanted to talk about because John Prine passed away this week. I think about the guy. Until this motorcycle goes by. I think about the guy almost as if I... I it goes back to what music means and John wasn't just somebody that sang he didn't have a particularly beautiful croner voice like uh, Frank Sinatra or something like that John was a songwriter he was a singer songwriter poet beautiful guy right up there with Willie Nelson and <coughs> Chris Christopherson and I'm surprised by how many people no, I'm not surprised. I'm excited by how many people will, will sit there and say, yeah, I love that guy. I, I didn't realize, you know, John didn't go for the fame, John Prime. He started out with Chris and Chris Christopherson and a bunch. I believe Chris Christopherson introduced them. Uh, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> to me, I... I'm still getting over the flu, and I had an incident happen to me I'll talk about later. But uh, John Prine was introduced by, I believe, Chris Christopherson. He was that whole outlaw movement. John wrote his own stuff. He had a very wonderful, beautiful, funny, just witty way about him. 
And if you watch interviews with him, a lot of them he's smoking a cigarette and just he's he's enjoying the music like anybody else that's playing their guitar by themselves. Um, I don't even know where I'm going with this. It, it, that's how much it's touched me. He had this this last album, his Tree of Forgiveness, with this song, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to shake God's hand. I, I hope they don't mind me quoting that. That's, that's a poem to me, okay? That's a really... When I get to heaven... I'm going to read this. This is by John Prine. Please, I hope, don't mind me using it. I don't mean to break any copyright rules. I just love the guy. Because when I get to heaven, I want to shake God's hand. Thank him for more blessings than one man can stand. Then I'm going to get a guitar and start a rock and roll band. Check into a swell hotel. Ain't the afterlife grand. Then I'm going to get a cocktail, vodka and ginger ale. Yeah, I'm going to smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. I'm going to kiss that pretty girl on a tilt whirl as this old man's going to town. And as a god is my witness, I'm getting back into show business. I'm going to open a nightclub called the Tree of Forgiveness and forgive everybody that ever done me any harm. I might have had a few choice critics. The syphilitic parasitics. Buy my pint and smother him with my charm. You get it, this, this song is, it's classic of John, man. John was all about love and just being kind to one another and so full of life. And he held up, he helped the younger people. There's a young woman on his record label. I remember this is like, a, this is like a while back. And, uh, you know, I, I had John on my Twitter feed. He's on my notifications. Very few people do I follow. But I get this thing come over, and it's like he's telling this guy off. I mean, he's he is telling this guy off, like, to no end. And I'm like, wow, what, what, what happened here? And the guy had been watching this girl that was, like, one of these people John Prine really pushed. He wanted her to become part of his record label and he, he liked liked your style. John liked your style. That's why he set up his record label. He, he wanted to do things his way, yes. But he also wanted to look at people that were talent like him. And to understand that, you know, you go to like John Prine or Willie Nelson or Chris Christopherson, that outlaw movement. And I would consider John in that because a lot of people would cover his songs that other people sing, but not him singing it. Same with Chris Christopherson and Willie, too. I mean, throw the background music way high. And these guys said, no, I'm going to do it my own way. So John had his own record label. And when he'd see somebody that he really liked, and he says, man, I love this person, he'd give them the push. And he'd stand with his, his name behind them. And it was... It's probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen anybody do as a as a songwriter. He he took what he had 
and he used it to help other people. So this guy who gave this girl some, some shit, he wanted her to play a John Prine song. And uh, John was like, hey, don't tell her what to play. <laughs> She's going to play what she wants to play. Who do you think you... It went on like that, and it was just... It's like, right, that's that's what you should hear. When did you ever hear a music executive say, hey, they're going to play, and that's what, I'm not calling him that, but that's what, he was like her, he's the one that owns the company, telling people, hey, she's going to play what she wants to play. She's not going to play because you want her to play it. <laughs> that was John, man. John Prine was about as authentic, honest, it's far from ego-driven of any artist you want to meet. Then there's people out there, man, I'm playing, you know, with a big band, the hair. Back in that day, and we're talking early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, huge ego music, music videos. People were like, you know. John, John was not like it. John was a simple, down-to-earth, beautiful human being. And... You're going to see who the real people are right now. I'm not just talking music, but okay. Folk Uke, okay. Amy Nelson and uh, Arlo Guthrie's daughter, real honest people. Raylan Nelson, honest person. Um, Willie Nelson, of course, is an honest person. Chris Christopherson, Casey Christopherson, Paula Nelson, Lucas, their brother. And, and in fact, tonight... Should I push this? Should I do it? Should I do it? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I, I, uh, Farm Aid tonight, man. Lucas Nelson and the promise of the real deal. Oh, that's so awesome, isn't it? Uh, the kid's got, I still consider him a kid because, I mean, like, I'm I'm I grew up listening to his dad. So when I first uh, heard him play, I was like, "Well, you know, is is he going to be anything like his dad? Is this kid going to be?" And he is. He's talented. He's he's he's, he's a he's he's a really amazing artist. Here we go. More of these messages, but. Uh, it's on tonight, um, Farm Aid. I'm really not prepared to do this today. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I've had a lot of things in my mind, and I've been dealing with a lot this week. 34 years, standing with farmers and family, Farm Aid works year-round to build a system of agriculture that values farm, family farmers, good food, soil, and water, and strong communities. Our annual music and food festival celebrates farmers, Eaters and music coming together for change. Willie started this. That's on tonight. I uh, remember when that started back in the 80s. I mean, oh, it was wonderful. So the, these are people like you're going to see, like the concert they had the other week. You're, you're going to see the uh, James Taylors, the Bruce Springsteens, the Jules, 
you're going to see these people that are real artists that don't have these huge egos doing these concerts. They're going to be playing and putting on these uh, these uh, shows for you online. I'm sorry about this. Um, okay. Uh, got a message from Anthony Cotti here. No, I don't want to click on it. I want to send a shout out to him. He's another one. This is a guy that back in the 60s was was a, a musician like 60s and 70s you wouldn't believe it. I work with a guy and he's a bass player um, just messaged me so I'm gonna send a shout out to him one of these days I want to get him on here and, and tell about how he played the one the historical society was saying about it and he played this one show and uh, he was he was at uh, New York at uh, <clears throat> He was New York. Um, don't mind me. Uh, but he he did he did a he's a phenomenal artist too. So these people are all you're going to see the cream of the crop here. I'm going to see the people with the egos that want the big lights and the big crowds and the, the, the electric. I love electric guitar, but you're going to see the people that are posers. Just just fading off, and the real artists coming coming to the. the to the top here, man. They're going to be saying stuff to give people hope, to give them strength, to make them believe that you can get through this and and reach out to them, you know. So check out uh, Farm Aid. I'm having a lot of discomfort here just sitting here. I didn't even want to get into this. It's a little embarrassing to me. What happened to me this week? Today is a week. With all this going on, this is this is an embarrassing story to me. All right. There's my friend Kim. Just just funny because she's been a lifesaver to me this week. Uh, she's a massage therapist. I relied on her for advice when normally I'd go to the hospital. <laughs> Just a sign of these times, you know. So last week, a week ago today, I'm up in my yard, nothing to do, and I'm doing cleanup. And I had my cousin who does trees come out two years ago and cut back these maple trees that I started from seed when I was in high school. I found these maple seeds. I came home, I put them in a coffee can, and I got these really beautiful maple trees. And this this one, it's a weird tree. It's got four limbs, one on each side of the main stem, and they all point in the four directions, north, south, east, west, you know. And limbs go up probably 60 feet high. It's been, it's over 20 years old, so this tree's like my baby, okay? I call it my baby. Then he cut it back. I said, well, you know, I want these limbs, but don't take these bottom limbs. <laughs> and uh, he did a good job. I, I have no business being in a tree, okay? I climbed trees as a kid. I love trees, but me up in a tree with a saw or me up in a tree with a rope or a ladder, it's asking for trouble, and I should know that. 
I should know that, but I'm in the middle of this pandemic. I can't call people to get stuff done, and I, I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> oh, it hurts to laugh, because <laughs> that's what could go wrong. <laughs> so I'm up in the tree, and I got the ladder, and... I get the rope. Okay, the, the ladder's not tall enough. <laughs> the, telling this story makes me feel stupid, okay? The ladder's not tall enough. So I get it up on this, this limb that goes uh, horizontally. I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, I don't want to do this, but it needs done. Damn it. <laughs> So I climb up and I tie the rope around the limb and I look and I go, this is a dead limb. This is a limb that broke off. It's about as round as my waist and it's it's gonna it's gonna do damage if it falls. It's gonna land on somebody, it's gonna hurt them. So if I can get this rope around it and I can pull it up by the other limbs and get a couple people to help me, we can pull it out enough where I can get it on the ground and I can cut it up. That was my plan. But I look at the rope, and there's other limbs in the way, and I'm like, this isn't going to work. So, <laughs> this is just it's terrible to even talk about because this, this is traumatic. I go to take the rope off the limb, and I get it off, and I look down. It's like the classic thing where you're at the end of your rope, <laughs> okay? Um, the ladder... Which, which it's, it's a solid ladder, it goes up and it locks so you can make it twice as long. The ladder, which I have one leg, my left leg up on the limb, and my right leg on the ladder, decides it's going to collapse. So it decides it's not going to be a ladder on a tree anymore, it's going to be a ladder on the ground. And I'm going to be, <laughs> with my weight on my left leg, where this ladder collapses and hits my leg real hard, hurts, and I reach for this limb, and of course, it's a limb that's broken off, so it's not holding on to anything. And what it does, it gives and it pops back. So when it pops back, it slings me off of that limb. And I'm reaching for another limb, and of course, it's not big enough to hold me. <laughs> And I have this moment, it's the only thing I remember, I have this moment of realization where I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to fall and hit the ground. And I'm up about 20 feet, by the way, so I assume, because it knocked me out cold and I have no memory of this, I fell off and landed back on my back from 20 feet onto the ladder across ways my lower back, my hip, and my ribs, and I pulled this muscle in my neck. So, you know, landing 20 feet onto a steel ladder on the, not just the rungs that are the rungs, but the, the side that you hold on to, temporarily knocked me out cold. So I come to, and uh, at that point, my mother had been there and my neighbors, and they're like, oh, don't move, don't move. And I'm not... I'm not somebody that's going to sit on the ground and wait for an ambulance when they're calling it. I'm going to stand on my feet. 
So I go and I go to move, and the pain is so great that I just feel myself going out again, and I catch myself, and no. So I crawl, and right now, even you know, my lower back is killing me. So muscles are pulled, ribs are cracked, I think my hips cracked. Uh, I look at my hand, I've got this big gash on it. My fingernails are split up the middle from trying to grip onto this with my finger. I don't know why I was trying with my fingernails. Um, my arm, I think I cracked the bone of my arm. But I can I can move. So apparently, thank God, I didn't break my back or my spine. It's, it's a miracle. And I'm able to get to my feet. And kind of like, you know, lean on a swing I have there and an intense, intense pain. And I'm still like in pain. And the ambulance gets there and they're like uh, checking me out. And they ask you all these questions to make sure you know what year it is and all this stuff. And they answered them and I said, I'm not going to the hospital. And the guy goes, I don't blame you because we've got like 200 and some cases of COVID right now. I'm thinking the last place I want to be right now is the hospital. And that, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I should be getting x-rays. I should be getting all this. And um, so this, this friend of mine, Kim, that's a massage therapist, really has been big on helping me. She knows all the muscles and things, and she deals with this all the time. So I can rely on her for guidance. But the first... Thing I do, ice myself up, slept, and um, next day, heat, you know, icy hot, hot baths, just easing these muscles, seeing what's hurt and what's not, and I'm, my muscles are bruised even now. I can walk a little bit. Um, the worst part is getting out of bed in the morning because if I'm laying flat, all these muscles in my back lock up and. I'll go from this crouched over like hunched over to straighten up and it's like my spine seems okay but all the muscles the the cracked cracked ribs and the muscles that are bruised are just like no we're not doing that and I warm them up a little bit and I work through the pain because I've always had people say to me don't you know don't uh don't sit on your ass and feel sorry for yourself and take it slow but work through it, stay active, and your body will heal. And I, I firmly believe that. There's parts of your body that won't. The tooth won't heal, okay? Uh, my father had pancreatic cancer. That sure as hell didn't heal. So, I, you know, I'm worried about internal injuries. And as long as it's bones and muscles, they, they should heal. I'm, I'm hopeful. But, you know, I'm a very active person. I'm, I'm a... I'm a hiker. I'm like an elite athlete in the, in the sense that I'm doing things that are like uh, trails and I'm, I'm getting sponsors and you name it. And right now I can't even stand up. So, you know, there's certain things like putting my pants on in the morning, like getting that one leg over the other. Uh, it's not it's not doing it. My body's like, no, you're not doing that. I'm going to make it feel like someone has a knife in your side and just twisting it. That's that muscle, you know, that lower lumbar muscle. Um, 
So I'm doing this podcast, and the whole time I'm sitting here, it's, it's kind of a test to me to see if I can sit in this chair. My point, my point about all this is, you know, something very important I've thought about through the years. You know, I've lost people. I've lost my uncle. I've lost my dad, older brother, Mark. Lost a lot of friends. Um, t- talking about John Prine, you know, I never forget up at Camp Tex playing a John Prine song. And I said, I know he wrote that. And I thought, yeah, who is that John Prine? I said, Let's let him listen to some other songs. And there are a lot of people I've done podcasts on. But we all have this, this sense right now that the scariest thing people can face is themselves. People have jobs and they have lives and all these things. And all these things are distract them. But right now you're, you're stuck sitting at home. Or, or, and you have to deal with all this, this stuff of just sitting here. Or, because I'm an essential worker, when I heal I will be in the medical field. Your job got a hell of a lot worse as far as danger. I mean, you have a chance of dying very, very easily now. So no matter if you're sitting on your ass or if you're working, (coughs) you're facing a lot of things dealing with death. And right now, 20,000 Americans dead. This is 9-11 changed my life. This is way beyond that. My ancestors in 1918 dealt with this. Death, death is a horrible thing. People don't come back. I've had experiences of the spiritual nature that made me believe that there are other things beyond death, but not like you're going to see these people again. So all these 20,000 people that died had 20,000 families. And... I don't have all their names here in front of me. But I want to say to all of you out there and everybody that's dealing with this, all the nurses and doctors, and I love you. I really do. I love you. I, I, I've, we're all in this together no matter what it is in life, no matter what bullshit we make up and, and these, these narratives that we do of our lives and who we are. You can be a top-selling, top-ten artist. I don't mean anybody I know. I'm just saying you can be a real famous person and you're dealing with it just as much as somebody else that's poor, that's that's living in a trailer, let's say, some of these places in Appalachia where some of my friends live that don't have health care. I think we're getting to see that what, what is an actual human right here. Health care is a human right and... With us all in this together, I'm not being political about that. We're, we're seeing the value of human life and the importance and the responsibility. Yeah, the responsibility of, of reaching out to other people and doing good. If you're, if you're a multimillionaire or something like that, yeah, you can't always meet all your fans. It's overwhelming. Like I, If I sat here 
and answered every single email and every single request that I've gotten. I, I wouldn't have enough hours in a day, and I, I feel bad about that. I think, I think a lot of people do. But we're all in this. Every single person is just as important as the president, as the congressman, as a famous singer, you, you name it, a famous scientist. We're all human beings. And this has brought us to our humanity. So what does that mean? It goes back to what Paula Nelson said, you know, take this seriously. Do those things that you probably don't want to do. It's not comfortable. It's not fun. It's not about those distractions. It's about each and every one of us taking care of one another, giving a damn about one another. Is that is that, that hard to say? <clears throat> Quit bullshitting yourself of who you are. Everybody's bullshitting themselves. You've got one life. Make the most of it. It's not it's not reaching for the stars and the moon. It's reaching for yourself and reaching to that guy that needs your help. That's giving a damn. These older people, you know, you may not catch this disease and die from it. You may live. You may just get a sniffles. But elderly neighbor, <laughs> they're going to die from it. Alone, with nobody around them. Think about that. This this younger generation that uh, and mine, I seem to think you're invincible. You're not. You know, I just fell out of a tree because I wasn't thinking and taking the precautions I needed. That that's nothing. But I'm not invincible, and neither are you. Well, one life. In this life, be a John Prine. Be be somebody that is known because you, you something you you do and say connects with other people. That's what fame is, not fame. That's what having your memory and who you are live in other people after you're gone. I wrote an email the other day to an ex-girlfriend of mine. They sent her a mask, okay, because I want her to be safe. Maybe it's stupid, but I want her to be safe. What I said is this. I um I can't find it. Okay, well basically I ended it with a line that I really I'm gonna start using. 
because it came to me. The true it's the truest truest thing that matters in this world. I, I said, you know, we're all in this together. Love deeply. Forgive purely. Witness others truly and live by kindness. That's all that matters in the end. And really it is. I hope you're all safe and well and you're not healing like I am here with these stupid ribs and stupid back and stupid arm and stupid tree. <laughs> I hope you're all being family to one another and by family I mean socially distancing family but watching out for one another, you know. I, ho I hope when this is over, and it, it's not going to change things because 9-11 didn't. I, I had high hopes. But high hopes we'd all come together and, and realize things that matter in life. I, I hope when this is over that jobs that they say, hey, you're feeling sick, you can't take off. No, I don't care if it's McDonald's. I hope people take it seriously because you can, being sick, spread diseases. And it's your own health. I hope that people don't have to work double and triple shifts because, hey, you're doing that. You're lowering your resistance and immunity by overworking yourself. I hope people realize you can't work like a robot and not expect to have something happen to you or something crazy like a pandemic happening and think people are just going to be able to go on like robots forever. I hope people quit caring about their big trucks and big campers and big boats and whatever else and start looking to what really matters. Those things are fine, okay? Campers and boats are fine. I love boats. I love my kayak. But people matter more. I want, I want to leave this today thinking of a quote from, again, my old friend, neighbor, um, Fred Rogers. What would he say about this? Well, Fred, Fred always had a way with words, and he'd say, look for the helpers, you know? Look for the helpers. Look for the people that are helping. With 9-11, we had soldiers or heroes, first responders, doctors, nurses, that's what we still have. These are our heroes. These are the people who matter the most for very little accolade and pay. So, you know, who are the rock stars? Who are my top 10 people this week? They're all those doctors and nurses. I love you and I thank you for what you're doing. You're selflessly going in. You're putting your life on the line. You are the helpers.
thank you very much. And uh, I'm going to wrap this up a little bit. Send my positivity to all you and stay home and stay safe. God bless.